All right, more Carlos? There. <laughs> Don't rush him. Hey, I know, right? Hey, everybody, I'm Kyle Rizdahl. <laughs> Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. And I am Kimberly Adams. Thank you for joining us this Monday. We're going to do the news and then share a couple of Make Me Smiles. Uh, but we're going to start off with the news fix. Kai, yours is the one that I really wanted to do, so go ahead. All right. I know. I know. I know. I know. I've got one real one and then one sort of, huh, that's interesting. Mm. So I woke up right and early this morning, uh, Pacific time, uh, as I usually do, about 4.30, quarter to 5. Uh, and by the time I was out of bed... Uh, the Artemis One launch had already been put on hold, and then eventually, as hopefully you all have seen in whatever headlines or social feed you uh, have going, you saw it got scrubbed, and they're going to try again on Friday. Here's the thing that blew me away that I learned this morning that I had not known. Hmm. Turns out they're the they're using reusing space shuttle rocket motors on this big rocket which I had not known. And those space shuttle rocket motors like flew repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly. They took them out and they fixed them up and and they sent them around again. Anyway, so this was a problem with engine number three today, we discovered. And early in the morning this morning, I saw crossing my Twitter feed um, a schematic of the um, uh, bottom of that rocket and also the shuttle missions that engine number three had flown on. It flew in 2006, 2009, 2007, wow. 2008, 2009, and 2011. It flew on Discovery five times, Atlantis once. Yeah, super, super cool. I had no idea. Oh, and also, by the way, did you know that the launch director for this flight is a woman? I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Her name is Charlie Blackwell Sounds like Thompson. somebody we should talk to. Yeah, she's, she just sounds super cool. A little bit like uh, sort of in the same mold as Gwen Shotwell at, at SpaceX. Uh, anyway, yes. So she's a woman, but also those rocket engines got reused, which I just I had no idea. And I think that's uh, really cool and makes a lot of sense and all that good stuff. Anyway, I just thought people might be interested to know that. The other thing people might be interested to know, uh, for those of you who are tennis fans, yeah, it is interesting. Uh, for those of you who are tennis fans, uh, the U.S. Open starts uh, in the next couple of days. It is uh, officially Serena Williams' last tournament, although my sense will be that her transition out, as she talked about uh, in those articles a couple of weeks ago, uh, she might play again. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past her. Anyway, in Bloomberg uh, today, uh, just in passing, I saw she wants to run a billion-dollar uh, venture capital fund when she's done playing tennis. And, and damned if she's not going to be able to do that, I think. I just think that's super cool. And super I'll cool. Bet she'll do it well, too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Anyway, sort of more uh, interesting little tidbits of news today as opposed to big news uh, stories because, honestly, Jesus, come on, right? You know? Well, now I feel bad about my story. Um. Well, no, you know what? Sorry, I I should clarify. I should clarify. There is really important earth shattering news coming from this country and many other parts of the globe. It's the grind on of cable news crap and incremental news and timeline this and number of pages that that just i'm just done with that but there is absolutely real news and i apologize for intimating otherwise <laughs> no it's all right it's a it's a lot right. and it and it wears on yeah. us um because we're yeah. human beings um but yes. the story that i have just been astonished by is all this flooding yeah. in pakistan i mean my goodness like if you've seen some of these videos and images of whole buildings just being washed away uh, last I checked, more than a thousand people have been killed in these floods, and these monsoons are 
you know, so bad. And it came, I guess what, what really jumped out to me is that this is our new normal. You know, you can't even say that this is rare anymore. One third of Pakistan is underwater. And a lot of these places Mm -hmm. only just finished rebuilding from really bad floods in 2020. And I'm looking at this BBC article's Officials estimate that more than 33 million Pakistanis, that's one in seven people, have been affected by this historic flooding. I want you to think about that for a minute, about what that actually means. One in seven people. Imagine if one in seven Americans was like actively dealing with the flood situation. Like either loss of life, loss of home, loss of crops. And this comes after they dealt with like such extreme heat, you know, droughts and everything like that. And these extreme weather events are our new normal. And, you know, it's easy to be distant from the sort of cost of it because we have a lot of these climate disasters here in the U.S. But because of our infrastructure, because of our resources, we don't really have the kind of death toll that they have associated with these things in many other places. And I wonder how that's going to continue to play out as we continue to have more and more of these climate disasters, the places where the climate disasters kill a lot of people and the places where they don't. Um, And, you know, another sense of that kind of just the other side of the climate change and global warming story of, you know, there's a loss of life and these horrible, horrible things that are going on in Pakistan and elsewhere. But then there's also smaller ways that it shows up in our day-to-day lives. My friend in St. Louis sent me this article about the astonishing decline in snow crabs and king crabs. So if you're a crab person and you've been trying to get crab legs recently, you probably found that they were extraordinarily expensive. And at first I thought it was something related to the pandemic, but it's actually that the snow crab abundance in Alaska, and I'm reading from this Washington Post story, like fell off a cliff. And now like they're not even finding enough for these fishermen to meet their quotas. And they closed the season early last year, and they're waiting um, uh, sometime in mid-October. They're going to find out if they're even going to have a season this year. And this is the kind of, you know, crabbing that you'll see if you ever watch The Deadliest Catch and stuff like that. But really, um, wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. Sorry, random child won't even know about a ride to the airport tomorrow. Am I a crab person? Um, no, interestingly, no. Although we did watch Deadly's Catch for a very long time. There you go. I'm a big fan of shellfish, but it's quite pricey. Yes. Juan Carlos, let us do that thing. <sighs> okay. So, mine comes courtesy of one Kimberly Adams who saw me flailing around uh, in the Google Doc today looking for a Make Me Smile. And she said, here's one. It's a piece in The Guardian out of the UK about the... Um, Reconstruction of Notre Dame, which, let's remember, uh, President Macron has promised is going to reopen in 2024, which is like the day after tomorrow if you're rebuilding a 12th and 13th century uh, wooden roof. So there's a, there's, a, um, there's a village in France where they do this kind of work, the kind of 12th and 13th century work on trees, because it was all trees, right? Huge, mm-hmm. giant, old trees 
that built the roof of Notre Dame back in the 12th and 13th centuries. So they do this kind of work. And all these little guys from this little town are helping out to build Notre Dame. And we will put it on the show page. It's just a cool little slice of, you know what? Everybody's got a skill set and everybody can contribute. And I thank you, Kimberly, for sending it my way. It kind of made my day today. Oh, good. Yeah, I thought that story was so cool because as technology moves on, we lose a lot of skills um, that people used to have to do by hand. And in this case, this idea of hand hewing a tree into Mm -hmm. a beam and it doing it that way as opposed to making a beam out of wood process uh, out of a sawmill like it matters yep. for the structural strength of the roof or something like that. Mm-hmm. Super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My make me smile is super specific and it's kind of only relevant if you're watching the uh, prequel <laughs> to Game of Thrones, The House of Dragon mm-hmm. on HBO, uh, which I am. And there was a scene, I'm not going to give too many spoilers for folks who haven't watched it yet. Suffice it to say, there was a very tense scene in the latest episode where there is a debate over who should control a dragon egg. And in Game of Thrones, these dragon eggs are extraordinarily precious because dragons are very important, right? And one of the characters basically tosses the dragon egg to another character very dismissively. In, you know, kind of frustration, kind of like, whatever, you can have it, right? And it shocked me because this is like very valuable. They're on a very high place and and whatever. And like, it's a dragon egg. Vox has an amazing explainer about whether or not it is safe to toss a dragon egg. And they talk to all these experts in lizard eggs and in bird eggs and different types of shells and what happens when you toss an egg and why it matters, the type of egg that's tossed in terms of its consequence and whether or not (laughs) the dragons in Game of Thrones were more lizard-like or more bird-like and that matters for the density of the shell and all these things. Oh my God, Very interesting and way down a random rabbit hole, but it made me smile. I, that's great. So let me just say, I think they're more lizard-like than bird-like, those dragons. And also, when mm-hmm. I saw this, which I watched today, by the way, because mm-hmm. I fell asleep when my wife and one of my kids started watching it like 10 o'clock last night. I'm like, it's bedtime. Anyway, so I watched it today. I watched mm-hmm. it just this afternoon. That scene where you see Matt Smith, th- uh, I guess it's a little spoiler, but whatever, it's been 24 hours, uh, where you see yeah. Matt Smith throw the egg, it didn't ring true. It didn't have enough heft. He, he literally just kind of yeah, like, it looked like, really light. tossed it like you would do a beach ball. Right, exactly. And and you'd think that a dragon egg would, would be heavy. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So just cinematographically, I, I had a little issue with that. But uh, but this is a good little yeah. explainer, actually, for sure. Yeah. For That's sure. a good point. It did seem rather light. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the things we pay attention to. It's like, forget There's all the other amazing CGI and everything right. like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. oh, I was very we'll disturbed by the crab head. scene. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. But that, yeah. I still don't understand why it's there, but yeah. I guess we'll figure it out later. Anyway, yeah. uh, that is all for today. Dragon eggs and crabs and the whole deal. Uh, tomorrow we are doing um, productivity. Um, why it matters. Why it's not growing as fast as a lot of economists would want it to, uh, and whether that ought to be something we ought to be thinking about. So we'll do that uh, for the Tuesday show. 
Yeah, and if you have questions or comments about productivity, and I always say productivity. Is it productivity? Which one is it? Uh, I say productivity, but what else? I'm going to check. All right. Our email okay. is makemesmart at marketplace.org. And you can also call us and leave us a voice message at 508-UB-SMART. Hmm. I bet you it says both are okay. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I never know if it's like a regional thing or I'm just yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make Me Smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera. Today's program is engineered. Is that Jake? I've been saying Juan Carlos, but it's Jake the whole time? God, I'm so lame. Oh. I'm so lame. Jake, I'm really sorry. (laughs) I I senior producer is Bridget Bodner, and the director of On Demand is Donna Tam. Thanks for the correction, Bridget, in the slack so that I didn't embarrass myself in front of Jake. Appreciate that. (laughs) We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.